What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. And BetUS is offering our listeners an incredible 125% bonus on their deposits for the upcoming card next week. UFC and ESPN 34, Luke versus Mohammed 2. Use the code Sherdog and get $2,500 in extra money to make fight night even better at betus.com you can not only bet on each fight but you have loads of awesome parallels uh, to bet and to choose from as well bet live during the fights and your winnings are paid within hours start the fight at betus.com and use that code SHERDOG S-H-E-R-D-O-G uh so today, everyone, I am here to review UFC 273. It was a card, I suppose, full of ups and downs. There was a couple of magnificent fights, maybe a couple of boring fights, a couple of very interesting performances. And uh, I, I'm, I'm here at what time is it? Uh, 6.42 a.m. right after the card to review it here for the next uh, 25 minutes or so. Um, and it, it's one that would leave you breathless. It's a card that... There's so many things to kind of think back on and to to go over that this is maybe a first reaction. We could have two or three three more reactions maybe uh, during the week to this card because it was one of those from the two title fights to the magnificent, incredible, insane Shemaya versus Burns fight to Ireland's very own Ian Gary as well on the undercard putting on you know, a 15-minute performance that will, will serve him well uh, in his career going forward. Um, and I will, I will get to all of that. If you haven't seen the prelims, I'll go through the prelims first and I'll work, I'll work my way up through the card and we, we, will, uh, we will go over it. Uh, okay, to start the card, Julio Arce uh, ended up defeating uh, Daniel Santos uh, via unanimous decision. Uh, there was a lot of spinning stuff early from uh, Santos, as, uh, as you might imagine. Um, and he was landing some of the power, but not not so much. Um, I, I thought Arce, the, the shots, it, look, the power shots were being thrown by Santos. A lot of them were missing, and then Arce was kind of landing one behind it. And even though all like the mad stuff was coming from Santos, when you look at it by this, you know, the scoring criteria, and as it should be, the person landing the shots is the one winning the round. And to me, that was Arce. He landed that massive head kick uh, late in round one. It was almost the KO. And, uh, you know, that was a great way to kind of start it off for him there. He landed hands after that. Uh, just winning the fight on the back foot. You know, round two, there was kind of more spinning and missing. Um, and that was kind of the way the fight went. And it, look, it was one of these fights where you look at it afterwards and you're thinking Santos is controlling the octagon, but Arce is controlling the fight. And, you know, I always talk about octagon control or cage control or whatever you want to call it. Uh, this is a great example of why it doesn't matter. Because... Punching someone in the face matters. Submitting someone matters. Just like controlling the area of the fight should not matter unless there's no punches. So this is a great example of that. Arce won. I I, I think he won. Did he win every round on the judges' score, scorecards? One judge gave him uh, gave him one round. But uh, overall, it was a very very good win for him there. And uh, I thought a good performance and you know a pretty good fight. Like Santos is one of those guys where you could see down the line maybe improving another bit, but he just. You know, Paul Felder was a great one to actually commentate on the fight because, like, he, he talked about, I used to throw too much spin and stuff when I was kind of younger and I realized I kind of had to to draw back on that and when he did, he became a better fighter and maybe that's something that uh, that Santos needs to do too. Uh, the Piera Rodriguez versus Kay Hansen fight, 
not not a classic. Uh, this one, Rodriguez ended up winning the unanimous decision, uh, twenty nine twenty eight, on all uh, three cards. There uh, in round one, there was a, a few takedowns uh, from Hansen. I thought she won. It was very very close. Rodriguez uh, in the second round uh, got the back late uh, in a close round. Did very little with it though. Um, tough enough round again to score, but I had it one one after that. Early takedown from Rodriguez then in the third, who dominated the rest of the round. Look, it was one of those fights you're looking for something to stand out. You know, you're looking for someone to land a big shot or to get a takedown and land a load of elbows or land a load of ground upon her. You know, to really take away the round, really take away the fight. And there really wasn't that throughout it. Look, this was one of these ones where you have to go over it with a fine-tooth comb kind of to, to pick a winner of each round. And look, Rodriguez, I think she was the, the, the right woman won it in the end, but... Not definitely not a classic, and not one you would uh, not one you go back and watch. One you might go back and watch though is Olenek versus Vandera. Uh, Olenek ended up winning this one with a scarfold in round one. What else would you expect? Maybe an Ezekiel joke. Maybe that was the only uh, thing uh, that was that might throw you off here of this result. Um, Olenek was coming out as he usually does, throwing these big shots over the top, showing those big right hands, and they were talking on commentary too about. How um how how do you train for that? Like how do you get someone to throw these unorthodox punches that are basically just like a hundred percent punches with no setup or no jab or anything like that? Now they're the odd time you'd have the old jab, I suppose, but uh it must be hard and, and Jared landed a hard right hand at one stage, I suppose you know that that's the way to do it that is the way to to counter someone like that who looks like someone you know who just walked in and started throwing loads of punches right down the middle that is the way to counter and he did well uh but Olenek ended up pulling guards uh when they when they tied up uh Jared did get some ground and pound he, he landed some good stuff um and he got the back at one stage uh, almost but when you're in that position and even if you're in a dominant position against Olenek on the ground you know, you know that's a bad position because even the mount against Olenek, as we've seen before, you're gonna get Ezekiel choked there. So Olenek ended up getting the back. He got into the mount, and when I saw him in the mount, I was thinking, well, okay, this is uh, this is Ezekiel choke territory. He'd almost rather you be in the mount to get it, but he can do it from the mount himself as well. But whatever he saw, whatever he, the opening he saw, he uh, he got the scaffold and ended up going into the obviously side control to to get that position. And from there, once you have that in and you're uh, Alexi Olnik, that's that. And that that was that. He ended up choking him out. Um, they said afterwards that Vandera was puking into a, a bin and everything, and that's not surprising <laughs> considering Alexi Olnik had a hold of his uh, throat for. A few minutes. So, uh, look, a great performance from Olnick and a very, very good finish for him there to uh, close out the early prelims. Uh, to start the next section of the prelims, uh, we had um, Mike Mallet versus Mickey Gall. And uh, this actually ended two seconds later than the previous fight. This ended at 3.41 around one with Mike Mallet getting the, the finish there. Um, I thought it was a good, interesting start to the fight. Gal was getting hit, there's no doubt about it, but was landing a few shots of his own too, and I thought he looked better on the feet than he's looked previously. The problem is uh, Mallet is a very, very good fighter on the feet. Gal did end up getting a takedown, but it was no good, got straight back up, and then Mallet absolutely slept him with a right hand and a left hook. Ref, I thought, was a little bit slow to get to this one, to get to stop it, but nevertheless, uh, great win for Mallet. He landed a big right hand as well before, to showed it on the replay as well. An absolutely lovely shot. Um, for Mickey Gall, it's tough. 
it's really tough what's going to be next for Mickey Gall. I spoke about it on, I think, the previous show I did here, but, like, if you look at Mickey Gall's record, he, he's long lost three of his last four. Okay, he had that win against Jordan Williams. He'll probably save him for another couple of fights, but, you know, he's getting on now as well. It's funny, you think, you kind of always think of Mickey Gall as this young, up-and-coming fighter, but he's 30 years of age now with, what, 12 fights, 7 and 5. Like, the UFC are not just going to keep him around because he's Mickey Gall uh, for a very long time, I think, so he needs to be winning there. Uh, but Mike Mallett, he looked good. You know, he dealt with everything Mickey Gall threw at him. He dealt with that takedown attempt. Um, he dealt with the new improved Mickey Gall striking, but his striking was just a level above. A, 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 fuck, a, a few, I nearly cursed there. A, a few levels above. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was very, very good and a very good win for him. And you know what? I might have a matchup for him later on, but we, we'll get to that. Uh, in a second. Uh, then the Raquel Pennington versus Aspen Ladd fight. Another one that wasn't a classic here, I'm not going to lie. Round one, very slow, but then kind of quickened up a little bit. Uh, Rocky Early was winning, then Ladd kind of came into it, but to, taught the two big late shots from Pennington, uh, kind of won her that round. Southpaw, uh, Ladd was fighting out of Southpaw for a good share of the fight, almost, you know, the whole fight. Uh, and I think Paul Felder was the one who said it in commentary. I don't know if that's suiting or not, and I think he was uh, he was probably right. Uh, I thought Raquel was landing easier in the second round, and it was getting a bit harder for Lad, uh, who in the third round got a few takedowns and won. You know that round with the wrestling, but it was it was one of these fights where it was two one, and you're looking in the third round. It was pretty obvious. I think it was it was two nil going into the third round, and you're looking for Lad to get the finish in the third round, and there just wasn't wasn't enough there from her. There just wasn't enough coming. It didn't look like she was going to get the finish at any stage. Um, and it's a big blow for her. You know, speaking about her beforehand, you're talking about maybe she could be the next one to get the title shot, but this is another blow for her yet again now. When Raquel Pennington in, I suppose it's the opposite. Um, she has won, what, four in a row now, beating Lad Chase on uh, Penny Keynes at his fight next week and Marion Renault as well. So a very, very good run for her uh, at the moment. And she could be, you know, back towards the title shot. Who did she call out afterwards? Oh, who did she call out? I don't know. I look. I look up there. I'll find out. I look up the rankings here, and I'll find out. But uh, it was a it was a good call out from uh, <laughs> from what I remember anyway. But uh, yeah, if it was that good, I probably I probably remember it a little bit uh, a little bit better. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was. Look, oh, she called out Sarah McMahon. She called out Sarah McMahon. So Sarah McMahon, uh, rank number eight. Pennington, rank number seven. So you know that is uh, a useful call out, I suppose, and, and a good one. For uh, for Raquel Pennington, who is probably not getting a title shot next, maybe a number one contender fight, but you know that'll probably move her up a little bit. So she was, uh, she, I suppose, she was wise to do it. Um, I don't know if the fight of the night has been announced yet. Well, this probably didn't it actually, but this was the fight of the prelims. I think Anthony Hernandez, uh, Fluffy versus Josh Frimmed. What a fight this was! It was so exciting, back and forth, an absolutely brilliant fight altogether. A huge pace from Fluffy Hernandez early. I kind of said, did I call him Fluffy uh, Fluffy Hernandez because he's as much cardio as the Energizer Bunny? I think that's I think that's why it is. Just never stopped. Had a couple of guillotines. Early Frimmed landed uh, when they got up, but Fluffy landed another takedown late and kind of smashed him with a knee to the body in some shots. Uh, I thought there was a great job by Mark Montoya in the corner of Frimmed um, just to calm him down. You could see Frimmed was panicking. The pace that Hernandez was putting on him was absolutely crazy. And for a lot of people there, it could have gotten away from him, but Mark Montoya did a great job. 
And look, it even got worse, I suppose, at the start of the second round. Immediately a takedown for Fluffy Hernandez. Uh, Friend uh, ended up getting on top, nearly got a guillotine. He was on the top looking for an arm triangle then. Um, managed to get up, there was another takedown. He was controlled against the cage. And then there was a late guillotine attempt uh, from Fluffy Hernandez again. So 1-1 at that stage, I think. But in the third round, Fluffy took it away. He got a takedown early. Then he got, they got back up. He got a bit of a slam, which was nice. Um, he was winning the scrambles then. And his cardio was just too much. Frimmed couldn't cope with it. He was just, just worn out at this stage. Uh, Hernandez ended up taking the back. The cardio, as I said, was just too much. And, uh, Frimmed was absolutely wrecked. Almost got an inverted triangle yet. Uh, and I think he won the fight two rounds to one. Ended up winning the, uh, the first and, uh, the third there. Um, before I get to Ian Gary, I must tell you that uh, the upcoming UFC on ESPN 34, Luke versus Mohammed, is more fun when you bet at betus.com. Use the code SHARDOG and get an incredible 125 bonus up to $2,500. Luke is a favorite at the moment, so get in now or even choose to win via TKO to increase your winnings. At betus.com, you can make the fights even more fun by betting throughout the fights. Start the fight at betus.com. Use the code SHARDOG. Right, let's talk about uh, Ian Gary, who had 15 minutes uh, against Darian Weeks. Um, look, it wasn't a blow-away performance. It wasn't a bad performance. I thought it was a solid performance and great experience for Ian Gary. Look, it's funny. It's one of these things that a lot of people say when he's coming into the fight, oh, he's all hype, he's all hype, he's all hype, right? And then after the fight, they go, oh, he didn't live up to the hype. He's not the next Conor McGregor. He's not the next big thing. Well, like... What, what what do you want here? Do you want someone to put on a solid performance over 15 minutes or do you want them like to be the next Conor McGregor? Like it it's there's a weird thing we do in MMA that we expect someone to live up to some sort of way and it's not always that like Ian Gary's a very different fighter to Conor McGregor. Like he has you know, he has the ability to land big shots and he has the ability to knock lads out. Ian Gary, to me, when he's at his best, he look, the Jack Grant fight for me was his best performance uh, so far, even though uh, tonight was fairly good as well. But um, the long, drawn-out game plan where he jabs someone up and fights uh, to a detailed way is actually like the best way he fights, I think. And... You know, if you are watching Ian Gary and you're just hoping for like a one-shot knockout artist every time... Are you're hoping for Conor McGregor? You're probably not going to get that every time. But that doesn't mean to say he's not a very good fighter. You know, there's lots of fighters who fight lots of different ways who can be very, very good. Also, Ian Gary is, what, nine, ten fights into his career. Let's give him time. Let's let's take time. He said that himself. You know, he's been saying that to me. I've interviewed him before every fight he's ever had. And he said that to me consistently. So this is not a thing of like, oh, I need to take my time now. I've got to the UFC. He's been saying this all along that he needs to improve and improve and improve. You know, he's in... Uh, the gym where he is now, and he will improve and improve and improve uh, again, uh, you know, as he keeps going. So I wouldn't... I, look, I was very impressed by this performance. If you look at the last performance, he came in out against Jordan Williams. I spoke to him here on Sherdog. If you haven't seen the interview yet, it's up on our YouTube uh, and on Spotify and everywhere else. And he said himself that it was a terrible performance. He got caught. 
Um, he got hit. He got hit three or four times, and it was because he was hearing Bruce Buffer for the first time. He was seeing Bruce Buffer for the first time. He was seeing Ian Gary up on the bleachers for the first time ever in a big UFC event. Never has fought in an arena that big as he fought in his UFC debut, and it got to him. And I'll tell you one thing. It didn't get to him last night, or didn't get to him Saturday night. You can say what you want about his performance, but it was a calm, cool, collected performance from second one. And that jitter or that maybe thing in the back of his mind that he had from the debut is now gone. Absolutely gone. Because uh, it was uh, it just wasn't there. He was honoured from second one, and I'm sure that's something he'll be very, very happy with. Uh, so let's go through the fight a little bit here. Uh, Gary was on the outside towards uh, the start of round one, and for most of the fight, honestly... Ended up defending two takedowns in round one. Landed a few jabs uh, and won the round basically with that. Landed a couple of very hard leg kicks as well. I think one judge had round one for, for weeks. Um, I don't know anyone had any of these rounds for weeks. Weeks didn't really land. He landed a couple of shots in round three, all right, when Gary kind of opened up a bit. In round two, it was all one-twos down the middle from Gary. Uh, defended another takedown against defense, but weeks just landed nothing at all it was all Gary one twos on the middle but not too many of them it was like it wasn't like Gary was running away with the fight but he was defending what Weeks was doing so well that everything he landed was basically him just getting ahead and ahead and ahead and ahead throughout the fight so it it, it was it was a weird one because it wasn't a blow away win but it was almost like a win to nothing if you get me um round three I thought he would look better and then by looking better he almost gave a little few openings to to weeks but he made it worse on weeks too he hurt him at one stage but he stayed calm and cool and collected um and he got better i thought as the fight went on so it was a good three round exercise for ian gary uh, and i think he goes you know he'll go from strength to strength after this because he uh, i think look on one side of it Someone said to me over and over on Twitter tonight, you don't want to be like, you know, Tom Aspinall, where you're getting really tough fights, main events, five rounds at a stage of your career where are you ready for it yet? Now, Tom Aspinall has shown he is, but some other people have shown they aren't. And for Ian Gary in that division at welterweight where it's so good, where he's still so young in his career, he's probably better off not having a blow-away performance that might get him, you know, a, a UFC Dublin headline and spot or something next. So he's, um, you know, in for one night of people saying, oh, he's not living up to the hype, he might be better off. But anyone, I think, with a head in their shoulders who's looking at long-term for Ian Gary and not just thinking, oh, is Ian Gary living up to his hype? This was a good performance and a good moving performance in his career as well and also uh, congratulations to Ian and uh, his wife Leila Ian announced afterwards that they're expecting a baby so very very good uh, stuff from them and their their new and growing family so congratulations uh, to Ian and uh, and Leila as well for that Um, who you're betting on at UFC on ESPN 34 Luke versus Mohammed can you bet on Bilal to um, beat the odds and defeat Luke or is the Brazilian winning inside the distance a given get your bets on this weekend at betus.com use that code SHARDOG to get 125% bonus betus.com has been taking bets for well over 25 years and there's a reason it's the number one UFC sportsbook with more betting options live betting at games betus.com is your new home for UFC betting. Start the fight at betus.com. Use the code SHERDOG. S-H-E-R-D-O-G. Let's talk about the main card. Uh, Vince Michelle versus Marco Madsen started it off 
very close round one. I thought Madsen looked good uh, with his hands. Looked better than he's ever looked, I think. Uh, but it was still a very close round. He did end up getting a takedown. Pichel landed a few shots. Madsen landed a few shots. It was one of those where it's very, very hard to call. Round two, Madsen was winning. Um, but Pichel ended up getting a late heel hook and hurt him with a few shots. Um, Pichel also got a takedown late as well. In the third, there were some nice shots early by uh, Pichel. Both got so tired though, and then there was a massive takedown for Marco Madsen, which was so easy because of the tiredness levels. Uh, it was okay ground and pound. It wasn't massive. He was on top though for over three minutes, and whenever that happens, when you land some ground and pound, you're going to end up winning that round, and he did, and he ended up winning the fight by unanimous decision. Two judges had all three rounds for him, and uh, one judge had it 29-28 uh, for him. So... Uh, uh, that was one of my bets for the week as well. So a very, very good performance there from Marco Madsen. Maybe not blow away again. You know, we talked about it before. I talked about it in the preview. And I talked about it in other places as well. That Look, it's it's time. Even though Vince Pichel is older than him. But he's kind of had a good career. And he's had a good try at it anyway. Um, it's time now for Marco Madsen to take that next level. He's, you know, he had this fight against Pichel. He fought at Clay Guida last time out. He needs... Uh, a step up as well after being, I, I think, what did I say, three-time Olympian on the broadcast? So he needs to move on to that next level and, and to see where he's going to go. And this was a good win and a good performance for it. Uh, you could say the same, I suppose, about Mackenzie Dern, who beat Tisha Torres uh, by unanimous decision. Uh, she won a 29, or sorry, split decision with a 29-28 split between the three of them. Um, this was uh, an interesting fight. <laughs> you know, maybe not the best fight in the world again either, but... I did I did like what Dern was doing uh, throughout the fight and what she, you know, <clears throat> improved striking and she went for the takedown more and she she pulled guard, she went for flying triangles and stuff like that and that's what you want and we'll get more to Algebra and Sterling later on. That's what you want from grapplers, especially someone like Mackenzie Dern who's a high-level grappler. So there was lots of small shots from Torres in the first round, but I think the scoring on that was as simple as Dern landing the more impactful shots, and I think she did, and I think she did by far, um, and I, I really think she won that first round. Dern went for the flying triangle in round two, ended up getting the body triangle standing, almost got a Kimura at one stage. Torres did a great job of getting through that, or the double wrist lock, as you'd call it. Almost got a leg lock as well late, but she she just and this is the thing with Mackenzie Dern. She did it in one fight recently as well. She just won't go for things quick enough. Like there's forty five seconds seconds left in the clock. You are deep in on that leg. Go for it. Even if you lose position, end up back in the feet. What does it really matter? You could end up winning the fight for there. But she just she just won't go for things in those positions, and it's very very frustrating. Um, to watch when you know the quality she has in that area and she just won't take it and go for it. Very frustrating at times. But anyway, she was 2-0 up at that stage. Um, she uh, got hit with a hook kick at one stage and then a, an up kick as well in the third round and a close enough round apart from that. So you probably give that one uh, to, uh, to Torres there. So 2-1 to McKinsey Dern. Um you know, a good performance, a solid performance, but again, will she be threatening the people up the very top of that division? I don't know. I, I, I don't know about that. Um, so let's talk about Burns versus Shemayev and where do we go? I, I realized like halfway through the second round that I stopped taking notes because it got so insane. But um, look, I suppose it started off with Shemayev sitting up in the cage before the fight started. 
Uh, he got an early takedown after that. I thought Gilbert Burns looked so nervous. And he kind of started off nervous as well after that takedown. Um, but he was landing the better shots. But Gilbert Burns was countering him at all times. He wasn't like Gilbert Burns wasn't afraid of him. He wasn't afraid to strike with him. Um, she might have ended up knocking him down with a jab. But Burn, uh, Gilbert Burns kept going. He went for an armbar. Um, then he hurt Shemaev with a jab towards the end of the round. And look, it was a round, I think, that Shemaev won. But still, it was one of those... He landed a few shots late, and I'm just thinking, oh, this fight is not over. And then in the second and third round, and even midway through the first round, it was just pure insanity. Uh, the second round went to uh, to Gilbert Burns, as far as I can remember. I don't know. I, <laughs> what time is it now? It's uh, 7.05 a.m. Um... It was just insane. He dropped Shemayev late. Yes, so it's coming back to me now. With that beautiful sip. And Shemayev like landed on his face. And I talked about it on the preview I did with Severe May this week. The one thing I wanted to see in this fight, I got it. And I wanted to see exactly what we saw at the end of the second round. I wanted to see Shemayev clipped and hit and see what he would do. And what do you know what he did? He came out and he won that third round. There was a very close round of the third round. He could have got either way, but he won the first half of it. I think Gilbert got so tired and I think Shemayev actually started to try to pick his shots a little bit but it gave Gilbert Burns like the opportunity to get a bit of it like a, I was going to say second wind it could be third, fourth, fifth wind at that stage who knows and he landed a couple of hard shots late but I think Shema, actually Shemayev landed a couple of hard shots late too and I think they were a little bit better and I think what he did in the early part of that third round was actually better than what Gilbert Burns did in the second half of the third round because Gilbert was throwing a lot but maybe not landing a lot and he was throwing very hard but I don't think he was landing as much as what Hamzat did in the first half of the round and those couple of shots late as well I thought it was enough for Shemayev to win it but Overall, it was, a, it was a close fight. It could have gone either way. I would love a rematch. Honestly, I would love it over five rounds. I know there's talks of Colby versus uh, versus Hamzat next. And look, I would, lo- I would love to see that too. I'd love to see Shemaya versus Usman. But I don't think this fight is over. It, it felt like one of those fights that we need to see it again. We need to see five rounds. We need to see a longer fight. We need to see a main event. Because that was special. That was one guy on his way up who would refuse to lose. And another guy who's been there and refused to lose. And, you know, I said before, and there was a lot of people saying, oh, well, look, we'll either find out if Shemaev is a great fighter here or the hype train will be derailed. And I, I, I thought that was bollocks the whole way through it, to be honest. Because Gilbert Burns, have some respect for Gilbert Burns, please. This guy is a great fighter. Just because you lose to Gilbert Burns, possibly, doesn't mean you're a bad fighter. Shemaev could have come out here today and got submitted in the first round. That doesn't mean he's a bad fighter. Gilbert Burns is very, very good. And I thought there was a lot of disrespect shown to Burns. And I wasn't a fan of it at all, to be honest. And I'm glad he showed... What a great fighter he was. Okay, he lost, but he he absolutely showed it. And I don't think he's on the way down or anything like that. He's right, still there or thereabouts. Uh, and I would love to see that fight again. And, uh, you know, I hope it happens. But uh, Shemayev came through a lot. He got hit a lot. He hit a lot. His his wrestling didn't work for long periods of the fight. And he still came through and he still won it. So, you know, if there's any questions about his striking, I know we've seen his striking outside the UFC and even in bits inside the UFC. And that's that now as well. The, the one shot uh, absorbed that can be thrown out the door as well, which might be a bad thing for him as well because he took more than one shot in this, let me tell you that. But an all-time fight. One of the greatest fights I've ever seen, honestly. A three-round war uh, tonight, Cub Swanson versus uh, the Korean Superboy was put into the Hall of Fame. 
And I feel like this was a fight that will be in the Hall of Fame down through there. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm sleep deprived. But that's the way I feel right now. And I'm going to say it. I don't care. Then we had Sterling versus Yan. And what a fight this was as well. But a different sort of fight. Look, the, 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 the two tile fights were different. The Shemaev Burns fight is hard to live up to. But this was a very interesting fight. Round one. It all kind of came down to round one. Um, all circling from Aljo. Yan switching stances. Trying to land that hook. But I thought, do you know what? Uh, thinking back on it now, and I'm just kind of after thinking of it, but there was, uh, to begin the fight, when Sterling circled this way uh, let me see to the right Jan was moving into the orthodox position and throwing the hook with his left hand to stop him circling when Sterling was circling to the left Jan was changing to the orthodox stance and throwing his uh, sorry changing to the southbound stance and throwing his right hook so the first one he was fighting orthodox throwing left hook second one he was throwing uh, from the southpaw stance, throwing his right hook to cut off the cage from Aljamain Sterling. And I thought it was actually working a little bit early, even though he wasn't landing much. He was just kind of cutting him off and he was just stopping him. But for some reason, he stopped doing it like halfway through the round. And I just think Aljo landed a couple of leg kicks, a couple of shots that were enough to win the round. There wasn't much in it. There was almost nothing in it. But I think if Jan had kept doing that, and landed one or two of those hooks alone, I think he would have won this fight. I honestly think that is the... Now, thinking back on him, and I need to go back and watch the fight again, uh, obviously, but th- that, to me, if if we're going back and we're looking at it as round one being the big one, that could be the, the whole uh, changing of the fight. But Sterling changed the fight massively in round two. Um, he got the back, and he was dominant in round two. Uh, changed uh, He uh, chained takedowns together after a lovely single leg. Landed some big shots, but Yan defended well. In the third round, then, it was a double leg from Aljamain Sterling that did the job for him. He was on the back almost for the whole round. And at that point, I was looking at it and I was saying, Aljamain Sterling is three rounds up. And it turned out to be correct because Peter Yan needed a, a, a finish then. He did get on top in the fourth round, but he didn't land much. And it wasn't one of those ones where, oh, is the finish coming? He did land a couple of hard shots, but not really. Aljamain Sterling almost got a takedown in the fifth, but Yan got up. And Yan landed a hard knee, which stung him in that fifth round. Ended up controlled on the ground for a minute. Aljamain Sterling missed the takedown, but held on uh, with Yan on his back. But Yan won that round, I think. So Yan won the fourth. Um, the, the second... Uh, sorry, yeah, Yan won the fourth and fifth. The second and the third were Sterling's, and it all came down to the first. Uh, and it was razor thin. It was really, really razor thin, but... Look, it was one of those fights, you, you look at it at the end and you think, who won? And I think most people would probably say Aljamain Sterling won the fight. Um, and I think, you know, I'm kind of glad he won it. He, he deserved to win it, to be honest, after watching that fight, the way it, uh, the way it transpired. Um, but, um, yeah, look, it's one I don't think anyone would be surprised if we saw it again down the line. He called out TJ Dillashaw afterwards, and uh, that looks like the fight it's uh, it's going to be next. So uh, Aljamain Sterling wins the belt. If you didn't see the fight, he uh, won the United, sorry, the split decision, 48, 47, 47, 48, 48, 47. Uh, and then in the main event, Alexander Volkanovsky put on an absolute clinic. Just came out in the first round, looked so much quicker against Green Zombie. Landing in attack and with his counters. Uh, he got a takedown with a minute left in the first round. Zombie got up quick. 
Uh, but he was just sliding in left hooks throughout that first round. In the second, I thought uh, Zombie landed two nice front kicks in the middle of a load of Volkanovski shots, but Volk was just too quick. Landing hard and then kind of slipping out just like a step away from where uh, the zombie could hit him. Uh, Volkanovski hurt him badly, but zombie landed a couple of counters. Take down by Volkanovski then, and he got another one late after some hard shots in the third round. I thought Vol- zombie looked more confident, uh, but it actually led to him being caught with more um, and landing even a little bit less because uh, Volkanovski is just so much quicker. It was a takedown in the middle, but the Korean zombie stopped it. Heavy knockdown, in late, and he almost finished him late, and that was a 10-8. There's a lot of talk between the rounds, <coughs> sorry, that um, it could be stopped. It was, Look, it was one of those ones, if it would have been stopped, it would have been a great stoppage, but I don't think it was one of those ones that absolutely needed to be stopped there. But I'm so glad that Herb Dean ended up stopping the fight the way he did, and I've given Herb Dean probably more stick than anyone, but this was a great stoppage. Um, Volkanovski landed a few shots right down the middle, Hurt the Korean zombie. He was not intelligently defending himself on his feet. And Herb Dean went in and he just pulled Volkanovski away and stopped the fight. A fantastic stoppage. As someone, you know, I'll say it again. I've given her plenty of stick, but this was a great stoppage. Uh, and, you know, it was obviously very sad the way the Korean zombie kind of lost out in his dream and everything. And been such a great fighter down through the years. And it was a shame to see him so badly beaten. But what a fighter Volkanovski is. You have to give this man props. And please, like, just talks about the pound-for-pound rankings and all, and maybe this fight isn't the best one to talk about it after, but I've been saying this for a while. This guy should be right, right up there. I think it's him and Usman at the moment. I think it really is the two of them. I think if you put Adesanya above him, I think you're having a laugh. This guy is a better fighter than Adesanya, well-rounded. He can wrestle. He can stop takedowns. He can land big shots. He's finishing guys now as well. He can go to, you know, toe-to-toe with a striker like the Korean Zombie and beat him. He can go toe-to-toe with Max Holloway and beat him. Toe-to-toe with Jose Aldo and beat him. This guy is a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous fighter, and please respect him. Uh, and I think I, I definitely think he needs more of it. Uh, he'll, look, he'll probably be fighting Max next, which is a little bit of disrespect to me after beating him twice. But anyway, look, it's going to be another great fight again. I'd love to see him fight Arnold Allen. Um, I think that'd be a very, very fun fight. But I'll watch Volkanovski every time he fights from now until the end of time. <laughs> that that was like a cascada lyric there. So. <laughs> Anyway, uh, what a what what a great uh, great win for him and a great performance. Look, this is one of these ones where if you're rating it as a fight, it mightn't be the best fight in the world. You know, it mightn't be a a nine point seven out of ten like Shamaya versus Burns. But if you're rating the performance from Volkanovski, it's it's as close to a ten out of ten as you can get. Absolutely brutal, brilliant performance from Volkanovski, and absolute credit to him for that. Um, so yeah, before we go, I must tell you who, uh, and, and ask you even who you're betting on at uh, UFC on ESPN 34, Luke versus Mohammed. Uh, can you bet on Bilal to um, beat the odds and defeat Luke, or is the Brazilian winning inside the distance a given? Get your bets on this weekend at BetUS.com. Use that code SHARDOG to get a 125% bonus. BetUS.com has been taking bets for well over 25 years, and there's a reason it's the number one UFC sportsbook. With more betting options, live betting at games, BetUS.com is your new home for UFC betting. Start the fight at BetUS.com. Use the code SHARDOG. S-H-E-R-D-O-G. All right, everybody, that's it from me. My name is Sean Sheehan for SherDog.com, and I'll see you all next time.